0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone, it's touchdown! Oh my goodness! The mark of fantasy
1: excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Right.
2: Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Wednesday, August 29th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto-Experts in the morning, right here at the award-winning fantasy sports radio network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, the spitting statistician. And every morning, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, and the king, Scott Angle, as we go boys to men on a Wednesday. How you doing, Scotty?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, you know, we added more to the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package yesterday. Check out who to scout kick, how to scout kickers properly. Why not to ignore them and who can be uh, this year's Greg Zerline. Enter uh, the King at checkout for a special discount.
2: Interesting. Let me ask you about that right off the bat and let me tell people that the number to call if they want to get down with us this hour is eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Remember you could also hit us up on Twitter at Spittin Speeds at ScottyRotoX. X. We're gonna have a poll question up a little bit later on as well. Scotty, let me before we dive into these notes, you mentioned the kickers. Like Are kickers going away in fantasy football? I know our our former colleague, the all-in kid, had a platform of no kickers. You go over here scouting kickers in the package. I honestly, I just look for a team with a good offense, and it's a plus if they happen to play in the Dome. What else are we looking
1: at? I think it's more than that. Uh, I think people just ignore the kicker after they draft him, and you shouldn't do that because kickers can win you weeks when your other players... Don't play up to snuff, and you just can't go with a name and you know ignore the position like a lot of people do every week. It's not just being on a high-scoring team. I think you want to be on have a guy that maybe is on a team where they sputter in the red zone, or mm-hmm. I, I think that that's uh it's very interesting. You know, it's uh, I think people okay. forget about about teams like that that don't have a really good goal line back that can punch it in. They may settle for a lot of field goals. Okay, fair enough. So maybe the Detroit Lions. Remember, Matt Prater was over
2: there for a while, and he fits my other thing of I like teams kicking in the dome for eight of their games. So that's an interesting call. Remember, make sure you go on over to the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package to learn a little bit more about that. You also, through this show, you will have a chance to win a Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Uh going into Labor Day because of our team name contest. I got a couple more submissions, Scotty, that we're gonna bounce off you at the end of the show. And also, Scotty, I mean, over this weekend, I think, on Friday's show, we need to build the final poll and we need to set that up uh because we're gonna have to crown a winner when we come back after Labor Day, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're getting we're getting close here. We're getting close to
2: it. So, uh, you know, Tyler Bryson and Carl Anderson and some of the other guys that have been submitting multiple names are really in the running for that free Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football uh, package. Don't forget to enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. All right, Scotty, let's get into some of the news and notes that I saw around the league yesterday that kind of, uh, you know, piqued my interest to get our analysis on it. The first, and listen. Scott, I have been saying this for a while, that Alshon Jeffrey has a long history of soft tissue injuries. He has been banged up. Last year was kind of the anomaly when he was actually healthy. Remember, he had off-season shoulder surgery, and uh, there were rumblings for a little while that he might be on the pup list. He quickly refuted that, but now uh, Eagles are coming out and saying that it is likely he is going to miss, and, and these words I think are interesting, at least two Games. So first of all, talk to me about what this means for Alshon Jeffrey and the wide receiver crew. Are you bumping up guys like Nelson Aguilar? I know you had a guy like Mac Hollins as one of your players to watch. I think this makes Mike Wallace potentially relevant. But to be quite honest, Scott, what I think this does is I think that this solidifies Zach Ertz as one of the top three tight ends.
1: Yeah, I think he's there anyway even if Alton Jeffrey's there. Somebody else has to step up, though, there. And, you know, the Inside Injuries was talking about, you know, he could miss up to six games a few weeks ago. So, you know, maybe we'll see him in week three or week four. Uh, Jeffrey's no stranger to injuries this is an opportunity for Mac Collins to step up, but uh, you know he's been banged up throughout the preseason himself, so they're already talking about running two more two tight end sets, And in my new article on Seahawks.com this morning, in their fantasy section, I talk about how rookie Dallas Godaire, who had uh, 13 catches in his first, uh, first two preseason games, could become a bigger part of this offense immediately. Interesting. You think Philly would
2: go two uh, two tight ends like that? That good old twelve personnel, um, a little bit more than maybe we saw last year. They were a team that did have two tight ends out there. Whether that second tight end was Burton or Selick, at times they aren't necessarily a stranger to that personnel grouping.
1: No, they aren't. You know, and there's already reports coming out of Philly saying that's that, that's what they're going to do.
2: Okay, fair enough. Let me ask you this, Scotty yeah.
1: though. Um, I
2: go on over to mybookie.ag, and remember, you can enter the promo code FNTSY for a 50% deposit bonus. And listen, a week from tomorrow, Scotty, the NFL season kicks off in eight days, and those Philadelphia Eagles will be at home raising the banner, right? So a lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm there, right? They are currently three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Atlanta Falcons. But I got to tell you, Scott— Uh, No Alshon Jeffrey. In all likelihood, it will be their backup quarterback under center and Nick Foles, who, quite frankly, has not looked that great this preseason. It looks like their starting running back, Jay Ajayi, has some mysterious, quote-unquote, lower body injury. We know about his knee history. If the Eagles are running with their backup quarterback without their number one wideout, without their starting running back, I think I'm. I think I'm laying. I'm getting the points. I think I'm taking Atlanta, who a lot of people have said, you know, they like Matt the way Matt Ryan has looked this preseason. Expect a bounce back from him second year in the Sarkeesian system. They look to be more healthy. I think I'm betting the dog over the Super Bowl champions when they
1: raise the banner. What do you think, Scott? I can see why you're doing it. Uh, the only thing is, I'll say, you know, Nick Foles didn't look good this preseason, but like we saw. During the Super Bowl run, he can run hot and cold. You never know which Nick Foles is going to show up, and they still have a pretty darn good defense. But yeah, I, I can I can certainly see where where you're going on that. It's you know Nelson Aguilar, yeah. you know, and Zach Ertz are probably going to eat up a lot of targets. And you know if Darren Sproles is healthy, like they're saying, you know, he could get some some catches out of the backfield. Can Atlanta pull an upset here in Philly? Well, Philly's looking depleted, so I see where you're coming from.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Darren Sproles is an interesting name to note, especially in PPR leagues. But here's the thing, Scotty. For me, what I did is I I, I looked at the spread. I'm getting three and a half. Okay, and as people know, um, Scotty, three and seven are really the key numbers in betting, right? So when I and that half point, that hook, as they call it in the industry, three in the hook, I might take that because listen, I don't need them to pull the upset. You know what I mean, Scotty? But could could I easily see, uh, you know, like a twenty four twenty one kind of game? You know. And- a 24-20, a close game, I think that is something I can see, and so I'd be interested in taking the points personally, especially because of all the injuries we've seen in Philly, but we'll see that in eight days. Another piece of news that I thought was very interesting, Scotty, again with your Seahawks, Baldwin and the crew up there are saying that uh, he's going to be playing pretty much at 80-85%. to 85%. This year, that this is something that needs that's going to probably linger throughout the season. Now, Baldwin is a veteran. He's gritty. He's going to grind it out. But, um, you know, this is something you don't want people, especially your number one wideout, being. You know, kind of already banged up entering the season. We talked about K.J. Wright also. You know, I'm sorry to say it, Scott. I'm not trying to pile on, but things do not look good for the Seahawks out the gate. Rashad Penny also, you know, 15 pounds heavy with the broken finger. A lot of, lot of things uh, just uh, trending in the wrong direction for Seattle, Scotty. What's up with Baldwin? You, you don't have to say you're sorry. You know, this is what, what it is.
1: It's, yeah, uh, I, know. I don't yeah, want we, you to feel
2: like I'm trying to pile on your team. That's all. You know what I mean?
1: Look. You know, I'm I'm objective when it comes to the Seahawks with the fantasy reporting. You know, it's it, this is not about how I feel about them as a team where they pile on. We have to talk about this. You know, that's not what it's yeah. about whatsoever. Okay? You know, okay. inside injuries uh, is was saying in the preseason this is something that could linger. So, you know, this maybe pushes Baldwin from, like – you know a high end wide receiver 2 to like a wide receiver 3 fortunately in my dynasty league i also have Adam Thielen and Antonio Brown and i can have Baldwin as the luxury my wide receiver 3 you know he's a terrific right. route runner but you know he can also get deep he's very versatile you know this could affect but it also gives the opportunity for other guys to step forward right. in the passing game Russell Wilson is such an excellent quarterback that i always say this the best quarterbacks in the NFL make the guys around them better so you have to start knowing the Names of who else is there? I like Jerron Brown a lot. I think he's a big sleeper, uh, and you know could really uh, become somebody that Russell Wilson becomes very friendly with very quickly. Brandon Marshall has had a good camp. Uh, there was one report out of Seattle that he may not make the roster. I think that's completely inaccurate. Inaccurate, but I doesn't offer any upside. I think if Baldwin gets hurt, one big one deep, deep, deep name to know is date second year wide receiver David Moore, who's had a terrific, terrific preseason and you know, has really started to connect with all of the quarterbacks there, not just Wilson. So but to me Jerron Brown is the guy to watch. Doug Baldwin is now a wide receiver three bumping him down in my ranks before the weekend starts. There's a lot of injuries on this squad. The offensive line is looking better, but everything else, there are injuries all over the defense, too.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Hey, Scotty, let me ask you one name you did not mention, who I think, to be quite honest, outside of Baldwin, is the guy who I would be most excited about is Tyler Lockett. Um, Would you bump
1: Tyler Lockett up uh, because of this news around Baldwin? No, I wouldn't, because Tyler Lockett cannot step forward and, you know, play a prime role in an offense. I think, I think he's a guy who, you know, if you ask him to be a top target in that offense, I think it might be a little overwhelming for him. I think what what, uh, what Wilson's going to do, he's he's not a possession receiver. Well I think what Wilson's going to do is he's going to work more. Lockett, you're ground. talking about, is not a possession he's, he's, receiver. Yeah, he's not a possession receiver. I, I think uh I think it'll become a, a matter of spreading the ball around. I think Jerron Brown has a lot of upside and Tyler Lockett always has trouble staying healthy. You know, that, that's that's something else right. too.
2: Fair enough. Here's the thing that I love. One last question on this one. You know, when I think Doug Baldwin, when I think Tyler Lockett, when I think Jerron Brown, none of these guys are really those big bodied ex guys, which brings my attention to Brandon Marshall. They lose Jimmy Graham in the offseason as well. Um, can Brandon Marshall turn out to be like a legitimate Red zone target, like what's the ceiling in terms of touchdowns for Brandon Marshall? Could you see Brandon Marshall coming down if he stays healthy throughout the year? Can you see him coming down with seven touchdowns, Scott?
1: Yeah, maybe five or six. I, you know, I could see okay. it, but it almost would be like a like a Jimmy Graham type of situation where he's not doing a hell of a lot outside of the twenties. You know, Brandon Marshall right. maybe rosterable now is like a wide receiver five slash six, mm-hmm. but you know, Jer- Jerron Brown is my favorite out of this offense. I I felt like he always got open in Arizona. You know, watching reviewing some of the film and he just did he didn't get hit. The thing about Russell Wilson is watching him play with like the second team receivers in the preseason. Here's the thing: it's like you told we talk about guys like Geronimo Allison or Philip Dorsett. Stepping up. You know, Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You have to know who his receivers are. If you don't right. know the name, somebody from that group is going to step up who you've never heard of before, and he's going to be a waiver pickup.
2: Yeah, no, I hear you, and I agree. Think about it over in New England, right? There's been times when guys like Malcolm Mitchell, you know, have become Rasheed Exactly. And so, like you say, the best quarterbacks make people around them better. I got a question from Twitter, Scott, that I thought was interesting and I wanted to ask you about. I had uh, Alessandro Flores on Twitter. He hit me up and asked me, it relates to Doug Baldwin. And he said, now with this news on Baldwin and it lingering, you know, um, he said he was concerned with Baldwin and that he got a trade offer where he would send away Doug Baldwin and in return... I think this is interesting, Scotty get a wide receiver back one for one, and that wide receiver is Julian
1: Edelman. Would you do it? Mm, that's interesting because you know, you know it is interesting. Baldwin can like, four games down the line and you don't exactly. You don't, you, yeah, exactly. you don't know if Baldwin you don't know if Baldwin's going to be
2: healthy in three games enough to go. you know uh, you know Edelman for weeks five and beyond, I would definitely prefer over Baldwin at this point, right? But you don't know Baldwin's health. You don't know what is the impact above replacement in those first four games. I thought it was a very interesting question. To be quite honest, Scott, personally, I feel think I might be leaning towards Julian Edelman, and here's why. Our man, you said it before, our guy, Tony Sincotta, our former colleague who absolutely gets it done, always says, you're not really drafting for September. You're drafting for you know Thanksgiving, right? And here's the thing, on Thanksgiving, we know Julian Edelman will be playing, or least we think, and we know Doug Baldwin, if he's starting the season at 85%, he'll be something less than 85% come the p- fantasy playoffs. I actually Leaned towards Edelman, but when I thought about it, I was a little bit surprised. What do you think, Scotty? Uh,
1: I can see uh, that. Like I'm, I'm leaning your way too because at least I know when he comes back, he's going to be a hundred percent. Whereas with Baldwin, I just don't know how long this is going to linger. What I know is Edelman's missing time now, but Baldwin could miss it down the line. Right. And, you know, that's what I'm saying.
2: I am very concerned with players. Remember, we were talking about it in June and July. I was making fun of all the, like, stories about, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. Oh, he, you know, changed his diet, all that good stuff, right? everybody's in the best shape of their life now for the person who's already like, Oh, I'm at 80, 85%. To me, that is a big concern. So I agree with you. I think I'm leading Edelman on this. So it's very, very interesting. Thanks for the question out there. Alessandro Flores. Remember so many ways you can join the show. Hey, Scotty, one more piece of news that I want to bounce off you before we go into the break. Um, I'm seeing that the NFL is still reviewing the Robbie Anderson case. Remember, he got in trouble with the law down there in Florida. And, and here's the thing. There's now a cloud maybe hanging over Robbie Anderson. There's still a cloud hanging over Martavis Bryant. Did he fail a test or not? There's still a cloud hanging over LaShawn McCoy. How do you treat these players? And when will the NFL get more consistent with this stuff, Scotty? It's really starting to bother me because I got to know, you know if Robbie Anderson, LaShawn McCoy, Martavis Bryant, and others are going to be available.
1: These are not things that they are like injuries. There's no answer for them, and there's not going to be any answer for them, and you have to deal with it, period. It's, you want answers. You're not getting answers. We look for reassurance in fantasy football a lot of times. A lot of times it does not exist. You just, you just bump the guys down your draft board accordingly. You know, I still have Anderson as a high-end wide receiver, too. Uh, I got LeSean McCoy as top 15 rather than, say, top yeah. 12 because of that. Martavis Bryant, I don't trust him regardless.
2: No, I hear you. I mean, Martavis Bryant to me is nothing more than a late round flyer or a best ball kind of guy potentially, but still this idea of, you know, something hanging over his head, will he get suspended or not is really, it's messed up for real teams it's messed up for fantasy teams as well. Um, Scotty, I want to tell the people don't forget to check out Fantasy Factor it is the only exclusive single entry DFS site. They got free rolls, registering all the time, promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free million dollar survivor contest as well starting this week that's over at fantasyfactor.com when we come back more news and notes and we break down our draft in the high stakes internal league coming up next roto experts in the morning fantasy
0: sports radio network
2: Welcome back, Roto Expert to the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Remember yesterday, we had as a team name submission, TaJ Sharp, dressed man. Scotty, you thought it was all right. We got a couple more submissions that will bounce off you a little bit later on because we are kind of closing out our contest this week here on Roto Expert to the Morning. I want to let people know also, Scotty, that dailyroto.com is putting more than $25,000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. Have a chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein. He's one of the only men to have won two separate million-dollar prizes each week. We'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split 50% of the profits. No profits that week, no worries. Your name will get tossed back into the hat for the following week. Head on over to DailyRoto.com slash sweat and learn how you can get in the action and share uh, some of the $25,000 in action. That's right, com slash sweat. Hey, Scotty. Um... Don't forget, people can also get the uh, Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package, entering the promo code THEKING at checkout. And uh, we're going to give a free one to someone who wins our fantasy team name contest. They're even going to get a personalized call from you to help set their lineup. Scotty, we heard from Le'Veon Bell yesterday. There was a report that he's going to report on Labor Day you know right going into week 1 he refuted that on social media saying that that was fake news i guess maybe he doesn't want to like show his hand but listen nobody's concerned really no one's expressed any concern but we're now only a week and a half away from the season lev bell is still not there listen i believe he'll be in shape he'll be able to hit the ground running he knows the offense and all that but at some point you got to start wondering like lev be- bell owners need to grab some james conner as well i would think what do you think happens he just winds up week 1 in cleveland and is good to go, his old same Le'Veon Bell self, or is it something different?
1: The same as last year. You know, he missed uh, yeah. all the preseason last year. Showed up for the first game, played, wasn't too impressive. wasn't back in form by week three. But then again, you know, Todd Gurley hasn't played a single season snap either. So, uh, you know, they want to they want to keep him in, in bubble wrap as well. So, to me, it's kind of the same thing.
2: Okay, fair enough. Hey, let me ask you this, though, Scotty. uh, Because, you know, I was asking you about James Conner. There's names to know out there in terms of some other uh, handcuffs, right? So I wanted to ask you. Who do you think is like the most important handcuff that is out there? When I was thinking about it, Scott, you know, there were names like James Conner, names like Austin Eckler, names like Chase Edmonds, the young rookie out of Florida, That excuse me, out of Fordham that we mentioned because of an injury in Arizona. You know, like I'm not talking about guys like timeshares, you know, so the answer is not Tevin Coleman, right? Because I don't see him as like a pure handcuff. I see him as part of a legitimate timeshare. You know what I mean? The injury, the answer is not a Patriots run. You know what I mean? But for the guys who are straight up handcuffs, who do you think, you know, either has the most potential or is actually like the best back? You know, I think about Eckler. I think about Connor. I think about Edmonds as handcuffs people must know and need to have. Who else do you think about in that vein?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because we do have a running back handcuffs uh, regular update in the exclusive edge package from George okay. Kurtz to the king at checkout for a special discount. But uh, I think it's obvious, you know, you want to have the handcuffs, uh, you know, to the top four superstar running backs there, and you know, a lot of people really don't know uh, who it is for the Rams, and I don't, I don't see them drafting, you know, this kid it's at Kelly, all. Kelly, right? Yeah. Yeah, John Kelly, the rookie. You know, a lot of people still think it's Malcolm Brown. So you have to be updated, on, you know, on that stuff as well. If you're going to draft Saquon Barkley, I think you know, you have to have Wayne Gallman as well. Uh, if you draft Kareem Hunt, you have to have Spencer Ware, if you, if you can get him. But you know, not everybody, right. not not everybody, not all running backs have a direct handcuff because sometimes when one guy goes down, it may take two to uh, you know, to step up for him because, like, the Titans, you have a timeshare there. If Derrick Henry mm-hmm. Dion Deion Lewis were to go down, maybe one of them would become more of a full-time back. Maybe Henry would, but I couldn't see Dion Lewis getting all the carries. Uh, You know, it's a mess in Washington right now. Uh, When Darius Geis went down, you know, they had to sign Adrian Peterson. Some people thought Chris Thompson was the guy, and he's not. So, you know, not all these battles are decided, too. You know, it's like The Colts are looking really bad. You know, they might open the season with Kristen Michael as their starter, and Robert Turbin might eventually be the guy.
2: Yeah, don't forget about the rookie out of Ole Miss, uh, Jordan Wilkins there in Indianapolis, and our guy Naheem Hines, who looks like he still has some development to do to be able to get on the field in Indianapolis. You mentioned in New York with Saquon, and you mentioned Wayne Gallman. What about Jonathan Stewart there in New York, uh, Scotty?
1: He's had a really bad preseason. Uh, I think yeah. if anything, they'd rather give the ball to Goldman. All
2: right, fair enough. So let's uh, a Bavona down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly-dilly to you. Uh, you were a little premature with this yesterday, but it's all good. Let's get that poll question up. I want to know who is the best cu- pure handcuff in fantasy football. Is it Eckler? Is it a guy like Chase Edmonds? Is it James Connor, Or is it someone else? The Roto experts want to know. So you could hit us up on a poll out there at Spittin' Speeds. At Scotty Roto X. Uh, Scotty, speaking of Twitter, I got another question that I wanted to ask you about. And, and I'm giving you the disclaimer that I'm going to ask you in a general sense. And I know you don't like uh, kind of painting a broad brush, but I do think this one is important. OK, I got a question from JJ Brown. It was a trade proposition. OK, and to be quite honest, the, the names, I'll tell you the names, but the names don't really matter. It was a two for one trade. OK, where the one that this guy was going to have to give up was Devontae Adams. And the two players that he was going to get back was like a wide receiver, I forget, that was like worse than Devontae Adams, like a back-end wide receiver too, and like another fringe starter at the running back position. And he was like, should I do this trade? And I said, no, keep Devonte Adams and I get so many trade questions like this Scotty that are two-for-one deals and I always say in fantasy football you are looking for guys who can help win you weeks you're trying to accumulate those studs now don't get me wrong if you have injury concerns if you have bye week concerns I understand in those cases needing to have the quantity but in most cases Scott I rather I'd much rather I have the quality over the quantity. I very rarely accept a 2 for 1 deal where I'm getting the 2. I feel like I'm usually trying to propose 2 for 1 deals where I get the 1. I like the quality of the 1 over the 2 in these kind of 2 for 1 trades. What do you think about that? Is there I mean I know you don't like these general rules of thumb, but I usually like the the one side in 2 for 1 deals, Scotty.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with you there, but you, usually it's stacking quantity for quality and you know, the more sometimes you see 3 for 1s as well. And you know, those are all quantity for quality. By the way to answer your question, I would say maybe the best pure backup running backs in the league, uh, guys could start for other teams, probably James Conner and TJ Yeldon.
2: Mm, T.J. Yeldon is a very interesting one. That is, uh, I I think that is definitely interesting. You know, even up in Buffalo, we've seen Chris Ivory start before in in his career. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he's like the quality at this point um, anymore. But, you know, that is interesting. We have seen uh, some, you know, starter level backs. You know, and I don't know that I would call him a handcuff, but a guy like Giovanni Bernard um, has, has been viable in the past as well. It is definitely interesting. Thing. Get on out there and vote over there um, at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty Roto-X, at Roto-Experts. we got the poll question up. We will check in on that later on in the show. But you agree there, Scott, right, with the two-for-ones? I, I, I prefer the quality side, generally.
1: It, it does, but you know sometimes it really all depends on the deal. You know If it's a three-for-one 95% of the time, you're not going to take it. But there are some two-for-ones mm-hmm. that you know they do make sense. All right, fair enough. This one specifically, he was going to
2: give up Devontae Adams. I checked. He's getting back Allen Robinson and Carlos Hyde. For me, that's not enough because the yeah, drop-in – I wouldn't would do it.
1: You're talking wide receiver two and running back three right. for a top exactly. five wide receiver. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pull the trigger on that. But if you said, yeah. if you said he was offering maybe uh, you know like like Tyree, like I would say like 25% of all two-for-ones are acceptable, I think.
2: I agree with you, Scott. For me, you know, like, unless for some reason you really need a guy like Carlos Hyde, and like, like I, I agree with you. He's a flex kind of guy to me. You probably have someone on your roster already that you're designing to put in the flex where the jump, if there is a jump to Carlos Hyde, is smaller than the drop going down from Devontae Adams, who I have as like a number six wide receiver overall, you know, down to Allen Robinson, who's probably in the late teens, probably a back-end wide receiver too. I think that, You know, drop is far more than any kind of gain you're getting being able to move Carlos Hyde into. Uh, you know a flex position or even a starting position like that all right Scotty what I got to let people know here is that bet Dsi is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site they have great customer service and fast and easy payment of your winnings and that's what you really want right when you win that cash you want to get paid all right so they can you can play virtually every sport at bet dsi with hundreds of wagering options including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time g- during the game bet is running sign up and deposit promotions year round for a limited time you can use the promo code FNTSY betdsi they're offering up to $2,500 as a bonus on your first deposit so use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. head on over and start winning today um Scotty one thing we said we were going to do is we we're going to look at our Carton and Friends draft. Remember, on Sunday, we all got together. The studio was packed, huh, Scotty? We had t- 12 teams, um, you know, everybody from our producers, the uh, you know Chris Bavona and Bones forming a team, me and Mike Blewett representing FST. You had Frankie Stanfield, the guys from Frenzy, the guys from Carton & Friends, including your team, which is uh, kind of, I don't know, Scott, are you the co-owner or are you just like the consigliere on that team, The a consultant, an advisor? I think what is my, your role think, specifically think for Beauty my, and the Beast?
1: I think Mike Cardano is the owner. Uh, oh, okay. Michelle, Michelle is the head coach. And I am the uh, the general manager in charge of play, player personnel. I see. That's
2: how it works. So, and, and so wait a second. If you're the head coach in terms of player personnel, your job is no, largely I'm, done. Uh, no, you, you I'm the general the manager. Yeah. Fine. You're the general manager, yeah. player personnel. To me, if you say that Michelle is the head coach, the head coach is the
1: one who decides who starts. Is that right? Yeah, but she can consult the general manager.
2: I see. Okay. Because for me, the general manager, like the old good old Bill Parcells, you know, quote, you're shopping for the groceries. So the draft and like the waiver wire is you. But it sounds like uh, Michelle gets to decide who she sits and who she starts. I think that should be it. Beauty and the Beast, Michelle Serpico and the King, Scott Angle. But it was fun there. Michelle had some great analysis
1: of some of those picks, huh, Scotty? Yeah, she's ready to roam the sidelines.
2: All right. Fair enough. Sounds good. Maybe she should wear some khakis like our man Harbaugh, uh, but she'll probably have something more interesting to roam the sidelines. And let's talk about these teams. Hey, uh, Scotty, I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now at your uh, your running backs. I'm looking at your running backs. Okay, you got a ton of them. You have a ton of them. Kenyon Drake, Duke Johnson, Deontay Foreman, Nick Chubb, Tariq Cohen, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch. Um, that's a lot of running backs, okay? And I feel about your running backs similar to the way I feel about my team's wide receivers. You have uh, quantity. It looks like, uh, I mean, I guess you're going, are you going Kenyon Drake and then deciding on a week-to-week basis between Marshawn Lynch and Tariq Cohen? How are you playing this? Is Drake your number one?
1: Drake's my number two. We have David Johnson.
2: Ah, D Johnson. Okay, I was worried that that's. Yeah. I thought that was
1: Duke. I thought that was Duke Johnson. No, excuse no, me. No, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't draft Duke Johnson. No, that was our first no, round. No, that's pick. fine. David Johnson. And, I just, I. D- you know, like Drake a lot, and uh, you, you're right. You know, the third spot is going to between Cohen and Lynch. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a view right now that just has the grid of everybody and I just
2: saw D Johnson, so I didn't see that it was, you know, D Johnson your first round pick. That would have made it a little bit clearer. Okay, so that changes things a lot, right? And then here's my here's my question for you. This is also one of those leagues, Scotty, and we debated this on air where there is no trades, right? There are no trades. So I feel like you – tell me why you have Kenyon Drake and then Frank Gore in a team where there was – you know there's no trade, so you got the handcuff there. We, my team, we were a little bit upset. We have Melvin Gordon. We uh, lost out on what we just said, Austin Eckler, as his handcuff. With a, uh, with a league like this with no trades, are you more or less likely to try and get that handcuff or, or, or that committee? In this case, you have Drake and Gore. Are you almost like rooting for an injury to one of them?
1: no uh you know okay. it, was, it was the it was the 18th round and he was still there and you know it made sense at that point I don't actively go looking for handcuffs because that could change throughout the year and you know I have Nick Chubb and you know if Nick if Carlos Hyde gets injured I'm going to use Nick Chubb over Frank Gore if both the starting running backs there are going to get injured so Gore was you know we were very deep in the draft and I figured, okay, at this point, there's nothing left but handcuffs. There's there's no upside, so that's because it was such a deep draft. By the way, it uh, you know, unless unless they put Kalen Balaj in there, it's not a committee. Fair enough, but then again, they might.
2: You never know, okay? I think Miami is going to have to exhaust all their options to try to find some offense. You and I both think that they're going to be one of the underperforming teams
1: this year in the AFC East. I do like Drake. I do do, do like Drake. You watched the last preseason game, 30-yard run, 36-yard reception. It's going to be a lot of volume for him, both as a runner and a receiver.
2: Okay, fair enough. Kenyon Drake, I'm looking right now in your rankings. You have him as RB16 in PPR formats. You have him above Jordan Howard in PPR formats, who a lot of guys like. A lot of people think Jordan Howard will continue to be underrated, will continue to get his 1,000 yards. I I, Honestly, Scotty, I'm not sure if I'm on the Jordan Howard train this year. I just think there's now, all of a sudden, a lot more options in Chicago and a lot more dynamic options as well. Think about them going out and getting Allen robinson trey burton you know um obviously there's tariq cohen there as well a lot of people like the rookie anthony miller out of the slot you clearly like tariq cohen you have uh, i think multiple shares of him i've seen you drafting him talk to me at some point does this impact howard and his volume because he was a volume guy so there's now other mouths to feed are you concerned at all about howard's volume this year
1: That's why I don't have him. Is you know I got a few spots lower than other experts, but I still think he's going to be relevant just because he's a very good downhill runner behind a very good offensive line. If this offense is going to improve, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to finish near the goal line.
2: All right, fair enough. Let me ask you about one other running back that you have that I am very intrigued by. I uh, have a couple of shares of him, Houston Texans running back Deontay Foreman. Um. I would love to hear what Inside Injuries has to say about him. You know, he's coming back from Achilles, which is a very tough injury to return from, especially for a running back, right? You got to figure that. But as you know, I've said it on this air, we've got a long-running joke at the network about Lamar Miller and Corey Parsons, the fantasy executive's thoughts on him. And we talk about how you draft, you know, looking for the best possible team you could have in November and December. Scotty, what percent chance, in your opinion, is – Dante Foreman, the starting running back for the Houston Texans, come Thanksgiving and beyond. Do you think he can leapfrog Lamar Miller this year?
1: It's hard to say. You know, you have to, you have to take the chance, but he's coming back from an Achilles injury and the inside injuries is probably like, you know, from what I've read, it's like they're ruling him out basically for the first half of the season. So he's a draft and stash guy that is really a wild card. And again, you know, we're looking for answers that don't exist. Nobody knows exactly how he's going to heal. At first we heard that he was progressing well. Now he we can miss six to eight weeks, you know, of the regular season. So you got to draft and stash him and hope he's useful for the stretch run.
2: Yeah, fair enough. You also have Carson Wentz on your squad as your lead quarterback. Remember, here it looks like he may not make it week one, but that's okay. you got Jared Goff as a backup. Remember, another example about why quarterbacks are so Alright, we're gonna take a quick break here on Roto Experts in the Morning. When we come back, we got some team names to go through, and we'll look at me and Mike Lewis' team here in the Carton and Friends League as well. It's King Scott Engel, the Spittin' Statistician. Roto Experts in the Morning. Come on right back. Welcome back. We're all experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, 7 to 8 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, getting you ready for the football season, getting you ready for drafts, getting you ready to analyze some of what you did in drafts. And that's what we're doing. We're talking about our internal league with a lot of the hosts here on the network. We got together on Sunday. Uh, You know, Scott, you, me, Blewett, Ventra, Corey Parsons, Frank the Tank, Greg Sussman, and others. You know, we're going to be competing for a little bit of that cash, uh, nice little high-stakes kind of action. I partnered with Mike Blewett, forming an FST kind of team. And, Scotty, for me, this was completely – our draft was such an example of letting the draft come to you. Okay, there were two – there were three situations – Scotty, we're in this draft, me and Mike were looking at each other. We were like, I wouldn't do this normally, but we kind of can't ignore what we saw as value. You know what I mean, Scotty? And 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 that's what we talk about when it's like, you can't you can't go into the draft being like, I'm gonna get running back, running back. I'm gonna go blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna wait on this. You know, that sort of thing. Because you never know. Okay. We drafted Melvin Gordon in the first round, you know, and towards the back end of the first round, you know, nothing crazy, right? And then as soon as we made our pick. Blewett and I started looking at, because we, we we both were agreement of like leaning towards running backs and on the comeback, you know, we were like, let's look at what running backs will still be there, we were like, oh, maybe Joe Mixon will still be there, oh, maybe Devontae Freeman will still be there, blah, 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 then it comes back to us, and with our second round pick, we see, we hear some of the wide receivers going, right, we hear Odell going, you remember Scotty, DeAndre Hopkins went incredibly late in this draft, he was a second round pick in this draft, I think he went like 14 or 15 overall, and And then on our way back, Michael Thomas is just staring at us right there. Blewett had had him as his number five overall wide receiver. I had him as like number six or seven. So we snapped him up, right? And then I'm of the mindset, I want to get my running backs early because there's so, you know, workhorses are so few and far between. But then in the third round where Blewett and I were still looking at running backs. We wanted to get that running back. Who is staring there right right there in the kind of mid to late round three? We had the eighth pick. So we're talking about like 32, 33 overall. Scotty Rob Gronkowski was still there. So we go ahead and pull the trigger and get the number one tight end off the board, Scott, at round three. But it was 3.8. You know what I mean? At like pick thirty-two, at some point there's value there, right? What do you think about Gronk at pick thirty-two, Scott?
1: Yeah, I would have passed on him. But, you know, to me, to me, you know, taking taking Gronk, you know, that early with such a key pick for your team, you know, he's always plays well when he's healthy, but he's such a big injury risk, you know, especially now that it's later in his career. I love what you guys did the first two rounds, and it's a great mm-hmm. example of you know, letting the draft come to you. Like I said, we always get so many questions like, what do you think, you know, if I I go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, Uh, you know, there's no set plan, and there's other people who want to identify certain players. Well, i mock so these are usually the players that come around. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't fall to the second round of a lot of drafts, so every single draft is different. You know, there's a good example you've got to let it come to you. I see people taking Gronk in the second and third round. You know, I think that bumps back what you could do with running back and wide receiver. I'd I'd rather wait and take a Jack Doyle, a Kyle Rudolph, You know, even a Trey Burton, you know, they'd take a risk on Gronk and have him miss five, six games.
2: Yeah, listen, I hear you. And we were both like, ah, we don't like doing this. I think I even said it out loud before we announced the pick. But at some point, we just thought the value was, was too good to pass up. And we thought, listen... We can't scoff at having a week to week advantage at tight end, you know, assuming obviously that he's healthy. And then here's how we backed it up though, Scott. We got, you know, cause I told you, we were then worried about our running backs, right? We had Melvin Gordon who we're very happy and comfortable with, but look at then we have three other running backs who we think are gonna, you know, in essence, represent incredible value at some point this season. You know, in the fourth round, nobody wanted Shady McCoy, so we took him. You know, Shady McCoy in the fourth round, Scott, this is a guy who, if he's playing 15, 16 games, he could be very easily be a top 10 running back. We got him in round four. Then what did we also do in round five or six? We go and get Mark Ingram, another guy who can be a top ten running back when he is playing. And then we also grab Sony Michelle. Later on in the draft, and now reports that he looks like he could be trending uh, to be able to suit up in round one. Yeah, obviously, he's part of a committee um, up there in New England, and we'll see. But to address kind of how we didn't have running backs to start, we got McCoy in the fourth. Then we get Mark Ingram later on and Sonny Michel early on, earlier on. How do you think we adjusted, you know? using the Gronk pick with these other running backs. You know, Ingram coming off suspension, McCoy in the fourth round, Scott.
1: Yeah, you know, McCoy's 30 years old. He's banged up. Uh it's true. And, you know, he could be in danger of a suspension, but the fourth round is where he's going. I don't think it's value, but I think that's right where you should get LeSean McCoy. So it's a solid pick. Uh, when Mark Ingram comes back, you know, he can easily be your RB, two. And, you know, Sony Michelle has flex possibilities. Uh, who are your wide receivers outside of Hopkins? It's not Hopkins. It's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Who are, you, wide who are your wide receivers? One. Yeah, so
2: there is our issue. We're going to probably, I mean, we have a lot of guys who I think are just okay. You know, I think we have a bunch of wide receiver threes. I know I think you got we a three Sanders. wide receiver threes. Manny Sanders. Uh, I'm happy with Nelson Aguilar now, especially with this Jeffrey News. And, then, and Randall Cobb. It's going to be those three guys for two spots. Yeah, that's
1: what happens when Sanders you take Gronk, Gronk early in the third round. You mm-hmm. sacrifice something at another position. That's, yeah, what, that's what we what think. You should, what, what you should never do in the first four rounds is take a quarterback and a tight end together. That's a no-no.
2: No, absolutely not. We didn't do that. We waited, waited, waited. I believe we were like the last team in the league to draft a quarterback. And then we did it. uh, And then we invested in our second quarterback, you know, only three rounds later, we wound up with Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan. So we are very comfortable with those two guys. One of those guys is going to wind up being top eight this year. You know what I mean, Scott? Yeah, who was your quarterback? That's what we just said. I said we wound up, we waited on quarterback, and then went, you know, kind of two rounds later, we wound up with Stafford and Ryan.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I think Stafford's going to be very efficient this year, and they're both going to be Ryan's, just fine. Ryan's Ryan's a good backup. You can even stream those two, you know, based yeah. on the, on how they're playing. It's just, we saw Philip Rivers go so late, and it's just it's a crime. I think he went in like the 14th round or, or something like that. Nobody wants rivers because there's no perceived upside. Nobody is satisfied with a guy who's like top eight last year and top 10, five of the last six years. Mm-hmm. There's no perceived upside for rivers. You can win with rivers. You can wait till the, like the 12th to 14th round and get him and be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rivers was, I
2: believe, like a 12th round pick from young Cardano in our GST league last weekend. Rivers, to me, you know, these are the guys, you know, Rivers, Stafford. uh, These are some of the guys that I'm targeting that I've seen go, you know, 10th round or later in drafts. It's absolutely ridiculous. I look at our... uh, at our draft on Sunday, when you talk about Phillip Rivers, it was the benevolent stranger. Uh, John, I believe his name is, our, one of our listeners. He does have Phillip Rivers, but, but Scotty, he has uh, three quarterbacks on his team. Phillip Rivers and he already had Cam Newton, who was obviously his earlier investment in quarterback. Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers, and our guy, Terod. So he has three quarterbacks, Scott. Terod.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I don't think Um, three quarterbacks. I think I think getting the third one is a wasted pick.
2: Yeah, a little bit much. You know, maybe he thought because Terod would seed uh, the the job eventually to Baker Mayfield, but you don't really need to do that with Cam Newton and Philip Rivers. To be honest, if you're spending the draft capital on Cam Newton, you know, then all you really need in this kind of league, if you're drafting him that high, you're expecting to start Cam Newton every single week except for his bye, right? So you're just looking for a guy. you know who has a good matchup in that one week, or uh, is ready just in case there is injury to uh, step on in. Well, there you have it. Listen, Scotty, I've been looking at some of these teams. There is some dead money in this league, and I'm very excited that we got a high stakes league where we can go ahead and you know really threaten to win some cash. I look at some of these teams. You know, un- unfortunately, a guy like uh, Gabe Morrency who you know had some connection issues. We look at the weekend warrior, uh, Hawking Warriors out there. He's got Dalvin Cook, right? But then his other Running backs: Adrian Peterson, LaGarrette Blunt, are the two running backs that he's going to have to choose to be his RB two on a week-to-week basis. Outside of that, he just Who has the Jeremy we, Hill Weehawken and Warriors Coy Clement. That's Gabe Morantzy. Okay, yeah, that's Gabe Morantzy. His running backs on his roster. Okay, I'll take Dalvin Cook. That make that's fine, right? But yeah. outside of that, literally, in my opinion. He's starting LeGarrette Blunt or Adrian Peterson. I don't believe in Adrian Peterson. I think it's a big-time committee in Washington. And LeGarrette Blunt is also part of a big-time committee in Detroit and a committee where I think he's going to eventually lose share over time to carry on Johnson. So I think later in the season, the Weehawken Warriors are really going to be struggling at the running back position.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, and there's no trades in this league, so uh, exactly. he's in the hole already. Yeah. Exactly. And in a
2: similar vein, uh the team's Sun Luck. I don't want to get, you know, too hard on them. Those are uh Carton's kids, right? They weren't very heavy at running back and uh at at wide receiver, listen, you know, they have uh Julio Jones who I like, but Not many other, you know, they're starting Jordy Nelson, who I think is washed. They're starting Golden Tate. You know how much we love Galladay. And then we're talking about, you know, Sterling Shepard, fine. But then guys like Chester Rogers, Deshaun Jackson, Ted Ginn, I think they're struggling at wide receiver big time. And you got to start. Yeah, I think
1: they'll be okay with Tate as a wide receiver, too, though. They should be.
2: And then they'd have to use Shepherd as their wide receiver three. That's okay, but you got to remember, Scotty, in this league, you know, where no trades are happening, it's such a war of attrition. Every team will have injuries, so I think depth is even a little bit more important in this format,
1: right? Yeah, it, it certainly is. That's why we went heavy running back, wide receiver depth. I don't even yeah, think absolutely. You All right, Scotty.
2: Yeah, you know, hey, I can't – they also took a kicker like in round 13 or something like that. But, hey, I digress. It's the kids, you know, against the experts. That's where they're going to – you know, you live and learn, right? All it takes is – that's what it takes. It takes practice. Listen to my man, Allen Iverson. All right, but in any event, let's close out the show here, Scotty, with some team names. I got a couple I want to bounce off you. Remember, we are trying to narrow it down to our best options. I think, Scotty, on Friday's show – OK, we need to spend some time on Friday's show uh, building a poll that we will have last for, say, like four or five days over the long extended holiday weekend to crown our champion. Um, I got some more I want to bounce off you. Let's see if any of these make your uh, your top cut. I don't know at this point if it's five, six, seven or eight, but let's see if any belong in further consideration. The first one is from Mike Husky out there. We haven't he- heard this guy's name yeah, being used Husky. A pun much. You know him? All right, great. Friend of the show. And uh, I kind of like it. What about Pimpin' Ain't Breezy? Drew Brees.
1: It's not bad.
2: It's not bad. I'm going to put that in five. my list of further consideration. I don't know if it's going to make my top five either, but I do kind of like it. I do like it. I can't front. Yeah. I like that one. What about Carl uh, Anderson? Our guy Carl Anderson now, he's got a number of submissions, so I'm going to reel them all for you, and then I want to find out from you of these submissions, which you think are the best. There's Deshaun Watson, your mind. Uh, there is Sherlock Mahomes. There is, you okay, know, the one tight of the, one, one end. Of the,
1: one at a time here. One at a time. Sorry. Here. Uh, Sorry, okay. Deshaun, Deshaun Deshaun what's on your mind? What's on your mind? It's not bad. That's not bad, but it doesn't quite make my top five. I do like it, though. Okay, Sherlock Mahomes. We've heard a lot of Patty Mahomes. Sherlock Mahomes. I kind of like
2: Make This House Mahomes better. The best of all the Mahomes ones. Okay, fair enough. Remember, there is the Denver tight end who was on injured reserve last year out of Michigan, who I'm surprised a lot of people haven't used more in uh, team names. I'm talking about Jake Butt. Uh, so this guy says, I like big butts, you know, I cannot lie. Yeah. What do you think about that, Scott? I think it's too easy. That,
1: that, that, that's too simple.
2: We can do better. Too than easy, that. right? Too obvious kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. there's mm-hmm. two guys, one cup. That's not bad. Not bad. We've seen better out of Carl Anderson in my opinion, potentially, but those are the ones from Carl Anderson. Thanks for always submitting them to the show. We appreciate you as a listener and part of Roto Experts in the morning. Um, I got a couple more. Hunt for Kareem Pie. Christopher Columbus. I like that.
1: Yes. I like that. You like it?
2: Hunt for Kareem yeah, Pie. You want me to put this up in your list for further consideration?
1: Yes. Hunt for Kareem Pie. Okay, that you're from? putting it up there
2: right now. That is from Christopher Columbus. His name is really, in, on Twitter, Christopher Columbus. I'm imagining it has something to do with Christopher Columbus. Um, two more from our guy Tyler Bryson. Kind of I think our leading candidate now yeah, for the Bryson, winner yeah. of this contest mm-hmm. overall. You know, he's got two more. I think this is it. two more that are pretty good. One is uh you know, you know the big social media uh app right now, Scotty. I know you're not a millennial, but I know you know about Instagram. Uh, what about Insta Jimmy Graham? Insta Jimmy Graham.
1: It's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad. But uh, I think it's not bad, but I also think it's six. I like I fuck agree with you. Buy a little better.
2: And I think Tyler has come through with uh, you know some better ones, personally, right? So I don't think this is even mean, in the top three of his. Yeah, Taylor, my yeah. bad. Uh, for yeah. Taylor, um, and then the wow. last one, also from Taylor, uh, last Manning standing.
1: Nah, nah. He's done. Right. Lot, he's done a lot better. He's still he my number one. And he's still my number four. He's my one, yeah, four, and six. Carry on, carry on, my wayward son. Oak Saquon, you see in lights, Camara, action. And then, listen, I have other Taylor nominees in mind, Stairway to Evans and my Ingram Toenail Ertz.
2: That's a top five of just Tyler right there. You know what I mean? So he's definitely been a strong contender. We'll figure this out uh, on Friday's show, Scott. How about we dedicate a good chunk
1: of time? Yeah. He also has nine. I know. That's what it's two, like. So. You know
2: what it's like. It's like uh, these guys invent you know, putting fifty lineups into a DFS tournament. That's why we tell people to go on over to Fantasy Factor, where it's just the single entry tournaments, right? But we got to spend a chunk of time on Friday talking about this. Another great show in the book, Scotty. Don't forget to, uh, you know, vote on our poll as well. We were asking you who is the best handcuff right now. Fifty-eight percent of you say James Conner. Nineteen percent say Austin Eckler. Sixteen percent say other options. You've mentioned Kelly with the Rams, TJ Yeldon in Jacksonville as well. You got to think about sometimes guys maybe that have an injury history uh, of of the lead backs, right? So Leonard for Netflix and chill does have that injury history. You wonder if TJ Yeldon will get out there a little bit. And remember, we still don't know. Technically, Le'Veon Bell hasn't reported yet. So James Conner, 58% of the vote. Good uh, good show, Scotty. Today, it sounds like you're going to have some new content in the Roto Experts exclusive edge package coming out. What do you got coming out in the package?
1: Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know in the morning. It's going to be a surprise, but I, I'm working on something.
2: Oh, it's going to be a surprise, but you are working on yeah. something. We'll dig into it a little bit on tomorrow's episode of Roto Experts in the morning. Don't forget to enter the promo code, The King, at checkout. Don't forget to sweat with us at Daily Roto. Um, we are... Gonna be gone. We'll talk again tomorrow. Bluett joins the fun. Coming up next, it's Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great show. Uh, have a great day, Scotty. Roto Experts in the morning. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem
1: says uh, you did it You stumped this charming devil